Blog Talk Radio. Join us as we travel into the inner workings of John Cheney's mind. Beyond Midcourt is another dimension. A dimension of pressure. A dimension of coverage. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land. Two slow-footed white guys, incapable of playing man-to-man. Of help-side defense and active hand. You just crossed half-court into the matchup zone. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday night. You know what that means. Time to listen to the podcast in the matchup zone. But we're going live tonight because, uh, well, I went to the USA game last night or yesterday. I think I was back in time. My, it was just one of those things. I don't know if I was uh, up for doing the show. You know, you know what I mean in that re- regard. Who won the game? USA. USA won? Yeah. Two where, to one. Where was the game? At uh, Harrison, Harrison, New Jersey, where the Red Bulls play. Oh. Do you know who, who they are? No, I'm familiar with the Red Bulls. It's at Red Bull Arena. The New York, New Jersey Red Bulls, it's a major league soccer team, and they uh, they play in Harrison, New Jersey. It's like an hour and 15, hour and a half, barring traffic. So we went up there, watched the game, good times, uh, had by all, except the Turkish fans, because they were getting blasted the whole time. But coming to you uh, live tonight on a Monday night special edition of the Matchup Zone. Uh, show brought to you tonight by Foam Pack, supplier of all Graco products. We're just a phone call away, 888-458-2928. Also by Integrated Play and Renee Shell. if you're an athlete looking to transition into a career outside the athletic field, 269-760-3857. Contact Renee Shell. Finally... Cross River Realty, specializing in off-campus housing at Temple University. Uh, Cross River Realty is also a full-service real estate company located in Philadelphia. Check them out at CrossRiverRealty.com, 267-460-5737. Hit us up tonight. Our call-in lines are open, uh, 347-215-8126, or hit us up on Twitter at the match underscore upzone, where we occasionally post hilarious things. <laughs> Excuse me. Very, very, very occasionally. Uh, uh, yeah, we got this. We got the new website up and running. Yes, too. we do. We got uh, uh, Adam Spinella actually wrote wrote an article. Greg Frank, uh, Matt Vender, myself are going to add some this week. So we uh, we have an actual writing, a uh, real blog where you can get, check out some good sports stories and funny guys. Uh, www.thematchupzone.com. Check it out. We'll link to it. Uh, at some point. We also, uh, coming up at about 7.20, Kev, we're also going to be joined by South Jersey's own Jerry Wickstead, Division Three College All-American. Um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about, I want to talk a little to Jerry about, but most guys, like I, Jerry had the opportunity to play Division One basketball. He's about 6'8", um, shoots the lights out from three, uh, very, very knowledgeable player, very smart player, high basketball IQ, um, can put the ball on the floor, uh, nice hands left, you know, soft hands around the basket. Great head and, of hair. Great head of hair. And 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 he opted to go Division Three, which a lot of guys would jump right on the Division One train. Um, so it'd be interesting to kind of just pick his head a little bit about why he chose Dickinson. I mean, he, he's he's killing it. He's averaging, uh, you know, this is junior year. His first couple of years, he's averaged, you know, about eighteen, a little more than eighteen points a game, shooting close to forty percent from three. Uh, so, so he's really playing well. So we'll be joined by him a little bit later, uh, coming up about 7.20. Yeah, that will be a good call. <clears throat> and, and not only that, Jerry's always a feisty one to kind of break down and get into some NBA stuff. Yeah, he likes the NBA he, talk. He loves the NBA talk, too. So that'll be a lot of fun talking to him because he's very knowledgeable about basketball, watches basketball all the time. So you get, kind of get those those basketball heads kind of in here to talk a little bit. Uh, 
about the games. Uh, obviously, the NBA playoffs, uh, the finals are set. A lot of people got what they want. I know Mike and I did. Heat, Spurs, uh, when it went back to it. And uh, I think this is the most exciting. And I was annoyed by all the people who were rooting for – and I just I guess there's fans of Oklahoma City and Kevin Durant. And I think there's a lot of young kids who don't really understand the game. I was frustrated watching this whole entire thing because I didn't want Oklahoma City to win. I don't think they deserve it. Their entire offense is predicated yeah. around either giving the ball to Westbrook or giving the ball to Durant and playing one-on-one. It's the entire offense. Like, you watch it. There's no ball movement. There's no cuts. It's like, get, set a screen for them. Okay, like, clear out. And- One play kind of summed up that, that, that game, game six. It was a play. I don't know. I forget if it was the end, of, the end of the half. It was the end of a quarter or a half. Um, Ginobili had the ball. Or the ball got swung to Ginobili on the left wing. Ginobili hit Duncan cutting to the basket, and Duncan in stride kicked it out to DL for a, yeah. a wide open three. I mean, they just they just make the extra pass. They move the ball. You, you never know who's going to hurt. I mean, DL has DL has twenty six points the other night. Yeah. Um, and a great passer, by the way. He, he is a great passer. Very good interior passer. To me, and I said it before. The Thunder are not going to win a championship until Westbrook understands he's the second guy, like he's the second fiddle. Well, here's the here's the whole thing, and and here's you know I'm I'm trying to figure out if I'm Scott Brooks, what am I doing differently? Uh, Growing, <laughs> getting new glasses. If I'm I'm looking at it and going, okay, well you have two probably two of the top five one-on-one players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Both of them are tremendous one-on-one players. So it's like you go with what kind of works. Right. But I don't know. There's just no there's yeah. no basketball yeah. mentality. It's just one-on-one, one-on-one. I'm just going to try to break it down with the fastest guys, the best one-on-one players we have. You know what hurts them too, Kev, is they have no post presence. Abaka, yeah. they can't get the ball and, and score with the back to the basket. Abaka's been a great defensive player. Um, but can you go to him in the clutch in a, in a half-court no. setting in the playoffs and count on getting a basket? Like Kendrick Perkins, okay, you know he's okay. Yeah. But even Duncan at 38 years old, they're giving the ball in the post of the game, and he's backing his way down and little, you know, little bank shots off the glass, little turnaround hooks, stuff like that. They have a post game. You need a post game to win the playoffs. That being said, Miami really doesn't have a post game, and they've yeah. won the last couple championships. So, but they also have yeah. the best player in the world and best shooter ever. Yeah, so I mean, it, yeah, I just, I mean, I look at it, and th- this is what scares me a lot about the Embiid uh, or the Noel references. A lot of people are like, you know, if Noel can be Serge Ibaka, like that would be terrific. And I'm like, well, hopefully, he ha- it's like I love Serge Ibaka. I think he's a great defensive player, and he's a shutdown defensive player. But at the same time, you're right. Like you need some, especially yeah. when you're playing against Duncan. You need to go to score in yeah. the post. You have to in the you, playoffs. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's imperative, and you have that team going down. And I was watching, and Durant and Westbrook, you have to give them credit because they're two of the best players in the league. They're just getting to the basket when they want to. But when the game's on the line and they really actually started completely, I mean, the Spurs said, you know what, try to drive. They yeah. still were, were making tough shots, but they were making it a lot more difficult. They were trying to get them to shoot jump shots. And when that happens, I mean, you, you just don't have that guy where – even, you know, the Spurs would come down and they would pass, 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 give it to Duncan. Duncan would go to work, pass out, give it back. to. And it's like you're making that defense work. Like the, Oklahoma City wasn't really making anyone work. It's like let's get the ball, okay, clear out. Everyone's running around and they clear out and Durant's just trying to go one-on-one. So one guy on defense is working while yeah. four are standing. Yeah, I'm totally torn with this series. My heart is saying San Antonio, but I feel like my head's saying the Heat. And here's why. The Heat have the two best players on the court right off the bat. In, 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 what? In Excuse his, me? In, did, in LeBron did, and Wade. Did, yeah, did, he, they he, trade, did they trade the Heat just get Duncan? No, no. I, I still think LeBron and Wade are the two most impactful players on, that, on the court. You, um, Duncan, <laughs> du, you, I go LeBron, Duncan, a close second. I mean, you just watch him. He takes yeah. over games. Well, so does Wade. Wade can take over a game. Wade, Wade, and Duncan needs the ball in his hands to take. I mean, you know, the Wade has the ball in his hands. Yeah. Uh, all right. Okay. They have the best player in the world on the team. Uh huh. Okay. And it's hard for me to bet against him. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. It's when you have and, a, and, and, yeah, and, and even though 
I, I still say that even though they were one off, they were one defensive rebound away from one of the, the finals last year, the Spurs were. Well, there was this really good uh, there's this really good YouTube clip with like talks about the Spurs and how they play team basketball, and it went through and was just like with the 23rd pick, this Spurs like uh, Tony Parker when it's like with the yeah. second round right, pick right, they right. select Manu Ginobili and, uh, and the first Kawhi pick Leonard, that, yeah. yeah it's like they get all these no, wait, guys and they're just solid. Don't give no. I'm not saying overall. No, I agree. The grand, no, I'm not saying the grand scheme of things, Wade's better. I think right now Wade is better. See, here's and here's what I'm thinking about. Uh, here, I look at Duncan. I'm going, wow, like the fact that he can kind of. And this is why, uh, I said if San Antonio wins a lot. I was talking to my buddy of mine yesterday. I was like, if San Antonio wins, I think that I think that uh, Duncan's going to come back. And he's like, I think if they win, he's going to retire. And here's why I think he might come back. Because Duncan, he's – now it's tied. It's almost like – because these guys all have that – It's tied. Like if the Spurs uh, win the one, series, one, one, one. it's 1-1. One, one. And, like, they'll look at it in that grand scheme of things. Like, okay, yeah. you got one, we got one. Let's all bring it back, try to get the Dun- try to decide the, the final. Duncan's the one guy I just can't read. I have no idea – He's impossible. I, I, I could see him after they win. I could see him walking off. If they lose, I can see him walking off. If they win, I could see him returning. And it, I don't know. I, I just have no idea what he's going to do. Yeah, he's a, he's a he dip- could still be effective. I mean, he, well, here's the thing. I mean, at the end of the game, he took over the game, and he had 12 points going into the. Uh, I think he had 12 points going end of the fourth quarter or overtime, and just took over the game. Uh, him and Ginobili were just hitting shots, and Duncan, you couldn't stop him. When he really wanted to score, you couldn't stop him. And I look at that, and I'm like, you know what? He's 30, what, 38? Duncan? Yeah. 38, yeah. So he's 38. And Ginobili's going to be 37 in a couple months, I think. But, like, I mean, still, they're hitting these big shots. Yeah. They still have another – like, I'm looking at Derek Fisher. He hits a big shot every one, now and again, but it's like you can tell he's he's at the end. Yeah, he's 39, though. He still has, his body is still – I mean, he still has a great body – he can still help you. I mean, he's got five. How rings. are his abs? <laughs> can you got, watch? Can you watch laundry on those things? He's got five rings with the Lakers. Um, I still think he can be productive. Oh, you know, I mean, if you look in Game Six, he played every minute of the fourth quarter in overtime. So obviously, they think he can be productive too. Well, they're going to be. He's going to be productive with coaching the Knicks next. The Knicks, year. yeah, yeah. Well, that that's kind of the word around the campfire right now. But um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know which way to go in this series. I'll be rooting for the Spurs just because I just because I think Popovich is the best coach of all time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's you know he's never had. I mean, yo, know, he's had Duncan through the whole run. Uh huh. Fine. Okay, and Duncan's a great player, but you know, Ginobili's a good player. Parker, very good player, but he hasn't had. I mean, he's done it with them. And you look, they've done it over a course. When did they win their first title in '99? They've done it over a 15-year career or yeah. period. Most teams who are dominant will win those three in a row two in a row, maybe miss a year, then win another one. He, you know, let's say they do win this year. They won in 99 and 2014, 15 years apart. That's pretty impressive. That's, insane, That's yeah. pretty impressive. Most teams will go on that run where they kind of win them in spurts. Yeah. Well, the, <clears throat> like we were talking about, I mean, you look at their lineup and you get these guys who, who, who you know, Pop is able to scout out and say, you know, this guy plays a role in this system. Yep. He can score. But he's a good distributor. He's a good passer. He's a very smart player. I, and I, it's like you. I feel like in order to play for the Spurs, your IQ needs to be yeah high. Yeah, you need to have a high IQ. You need to know how to distribute the ball, or else he's not going to take. Yeah. He's not going to take like a a Deshaun Stevens right. who or Stevens right. who's like yeah. a yeah like a acting all fool. He's right. not going to take no. that. He's going to be like get it now. I, I don't I, have time I, for I you. I had a little Facebook battle with um, Euro, Euro John. Oh really? Well. You know, he's all over the European players. That rightfully so, that's what he does. So he writes, uh, you know, in game six, um, Diaz started. Uh-huh. No, who, who, st- who did they start? They started Bonner. Bo- I'm sorry, you're right, Bonner. They started Bonner. And he writes, well, what about uh, uh, Bellinelli, Marco Bellinelli? You know, he's done this, he's done this. And I said, well, John, if you notice, they want to bring, you know, Bonner's what, 6'9", six, 6'9", six, yeah. six, a bigger guy. They want to pull Ibaka away from the basket. Uh-huh. You know, the guy's been blocking every shot. And, uh, you know, it didn't make sense for them to start Bellinelli because then Ibaka still stays around the basket. So I kind of had a little give him a basketball one-on-one real quick and tell him that, uh, you know, here here in the States, they need to uh, 
you need to pull the big man away from the basketball. But that's what that's what he wanted to do with Bonner, and that's what Diaw did too. Pulling yeah. Baca away from the bat, pulling guys away from the basket, spreading the floor to kind of open up the inside a little more. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought was, I, I'm, I'm battling this like science can, infection can, cough. Can someone call nine one? Nine one. Yeah, I'll, I'll let him know when to push the other one. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> Yeah, I was, that one that one actually worried me. I thought you were gonna. So I was checking out right here. I thought throw, that was it. Just throw some dirt on me and finish the rest of the rest of the show if I check out. I tell you what, the ratings for this show are <laughs> through the roof. Hey, that host, you died on air. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> sure. Great stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, I I totally agree. Well, what did what did Eurojohn? Did, he, how was this battle? Was it was it did it get testy at all? No, 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 no. But he's just so pro polling. No, he's just so pro European. Yeah. Look, always a nice player to shoot the three, but they don't need another guard in the game. They needed a guy who could pull back away from the basket. Yeah, I agree. And that's and that's what Pop did. And, uh, and I, I give Pop credit too for starting Bonner. I mean, and he hit a couple of big shots the other night. That's why Popovich gets paid the big bucks. Yeah, he's good. He's good. I'll tell you what, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm one of those sideline halftime reporters, man, I'm nervous as hell when yeah. I'm with him. There's you don't no, know if he's just going to look at you and not say anything. You don't know if he's going to yeah. tell you to shut up. You just don't know. I feel like that's like, see, I to, I, we talked about this before. Like, that's the obnoxiousness of some of these people. They're, they're they, like, they, they go through this whole entire thing, and uh, they're try, they, I feel like this. they're trying to, they're trying to get, uh, Everyone like to, to say something off the wall or ludicrous or ridiculous, just to be jerks, and that's like that bothers me because that that makes a good interview because then they're going to get their faces on Sports Center when they when they're like and check out Popovich's halftime interview and it's like blah 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 blah, blah and he's just like shut up like that yeah. suddenly this guy's this guy's all over the news for like Craig Sager in, in commercials yeah. and stuff like that and you know what uh, so, I mean Craig say yeah. I feel bad making fun of Craig Sager because you know he's going through he's something right now. Him. So it's definitely let's difficult. wait. <laughs> Don't do it. Yet. No, I, I'm. Uh, you know, you you there you you joke about people and you you talk about people who you see on TV. You don't really know them, but you know when life gets in the way, it's or life like really happens. You, you don't really want to uh, want to mess them, around. Yeah. yeah. So that's something that you can't really. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna really. Uh, Go there. Go there. I don't think I'm going to go there. Um, should we get the... Yeah. We have a caller. Go ahead. Get a bit? Never do that, right? <laughs> Hello. You're in the match. Hey, guys. Mike, Mike in Pittsburgh. How's it going? Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. How are you? Dude, hey, guys. I think it's an absolute joke that are people try to compare this Miami Heat and call them a dynasty compared back to the Bulls in the, in the mid-'90s. Jordan and the Bulls never faced the Game 7. No no team in those six championships even came close to beating them. I think most of the series won 4-1 or 4-2. This Miami Heat team, all they've done really is they, they've beaten the Boston Celtic team two years ago, and they were down 3-2 in the Eastern Conference Final. And then obviously last year, Game 6, you know, they're down 3-2, and it took a miracle for them to win. I think they're getting too much credit this year. I haven't seen a team they played in the playoffs so far even put up a fight. You know, Charlotte's without Al Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn's old, and they're out with Brooke Lopez. And it's Indiana team has no heart, no guts at all. They're, they're basically just, you know, wagging their yeah. tail ready to go down. And I'm looking at the Vegas line here, and I cannot believe that the Spurs are only a slight favorite. Um, from what I've seen over this past year, the Spurs are a lot better, and Miami's a lot worse than last year. The Spurs have home court advantage, and the biggest thing is they, they're just so much, um, you know, fighting to get back at Miami after that blown series from last year. I, I just think the Spurs might actually win this in five. I really do think this might not be a competitive series, guys. Yeah, Mike, don't forget, too, when you mentioned uh, who, the, who the, he played this year, they caught a break, too, with Derrick Rose being out. I mean, they, they've had, they, had a, they coasted kind of through the playoffs this year. You look what the Spurs had to go through. You know, they, the, the, Spurs, the Spurs had a much tougher road. And if you look back when Jordan was playing, if you look back at those teams in the Eastern Conference back in the late 80s, early mm-hmm. 90s, I mean, the Cavs were good. The Knicks were good. Um, Orlando. I mean, I mean, you had probably, you know, now the you Pistons. have the Pistons. Now you have seven and eight seeds who are well under 500. Back then, I mean, I, I just think the game has changed. You, have, you could be a lot more physical back then. Um, 
I don't know. I you know I, I still always ride with those Jordan teams over this Heat this Heat dynasty or this Heat so called dynasty. I will say, one more thing, guys. I will say yep. this: if LeBron James, if, if Miami beats San Antonio this year, I will start putting LeBron James in, in the sense with Michael Jordan. Here's why: he'll have three championships in a row, and he will he will, will beat in the San Antonio Spurs team twice. Two in a row that has won four championships. Now I don't think mm. it's going to happen, but he's going to have to play the series of his life for them to beat the Spurs in this series. And if he does, I will start putting him in the category with Jordan because I feel it's almost impossible. Um, you know, he's going to have to. It's going to have to be a one-man show. I mean, Wade and Bosh are going to help, but he's going to have to go uh, far and beyond that what he's ever seen. I mean, Miami has never been an underdog in any of these series. You know, in the three years they've been together, uh, and this is the first series they've really, you know, as far as Vegas or, you know, perception, they've been an underdog. Let, let me ask you this, Mike. If if the Heat lose this year, does that end all the Jordan-LeBron conversation? Yes. because, because, I, I, because think, I think so, too. Because to, to, to get with Jordan, he's going to have to do something Jordan didn't do, is win four in a row. Win this year against the Spurs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when next year make it four in a row, and then then he'll be about even with Jordan in my eyes. I don't think I, I could ever pass him up, but that's pretty impressive. No matter you know the state of the league, the competition level to win it four years and beating the Spurs two years in a row um, is impressive. But I don't think it's going to happen. That that's kind of my point. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. If, if they if the Heat lose this year, then LeBron's two and three in NBA yeah. Finals, and that's you know that's that's not cutting it. That, if nah. you're if you want to be considered one of the best in the in the world, right, like ever. He, like he's in his prime. Like Jordan wasn't losing in his prime. You no. know when he was in that in that run, Jordan was not losing. Well, they had a great. There's someone put a tweet out. I can't remember who it was. I'll look through. Uh, said something about the difference between Jordan and and LeBron is uh, Jordan would rip your heart out and kill your kids. Uh, and LeBron would take you and the kids out for ice cream after the game. It's like that. That there's that mentality. Yeah, like, well, I'm tired of hearing everyone say LeBron doesn't have Jordan's killer thing. No one does. No one. No, did. you're Kobe never going to find it. No, again. no one does or did. So he would have killed. Yeah, hey, he would kill anyone. Hey guys, can I can I touch upon one more thing here before hey, go ahead, I go? Absolutely. Go ahead, Mike. I'm a diehard Boston Celtics fan, and I want no- nothing to do with Kevin Love. I'm sorry. He is not a max player. He's not a number one option that's going to lead you to the championship. And that's about all I'm, I'm about championships. Not getting yeah. to the second or third round of the playoffs. And a Rajon Rondo, Kevin Love combination when both of those are getting max money is not a championship team to make. They're talking about giving away the sixth, the seventeenth pick, and Jared Sullinger just to start, just to get in the talk of getting Love. I've seen this guy's lateral quickness on defense. He gets oh. a lot of rebounds because he backs off his guy. Um, and the main thing, he's been in the year, league six years, and not one has even made the eighth season in the playoffs. So yeah. I don't want yeah. the Celtics to, to mortgage their future on this guy. Yeah, here's the thing, too, Mike. I mean, the Celtics are, you know, they're, they're better off. You know, we're Sixers fans right here. They're, you know, they're in a better, little better position than the Sixers. But, you know, how, realistically, how far away are the Celtics from competing? And Kevin Love's, what, 25 or 26? Yeah, and you've got a Rajon Rondo who right. hasn't proven himself back from an injury. Now, I'll tell you the one move I do want to see the Celtics make is I want to see a, a sheet come in um, from Houston if they can yeah. use that trade exception. I think he's, yeah. he, you know, he can get him around 10 or $11 million after he signs his next contract and then wait to the summer of 2015 with these draft picks and then make a free agent splash. Yeah. You know, too, Mike, like, like Rajon Rondo's a little bit, he's a little bit frustrating to me. I mean, how he hasn't improved his jump shot yet. I mean, it's getting a little better, but the way Kobe guarded him in that 2008 final was embarrassing. I mean, he played him at the foul line. And to me, if, you're, if your job is an NBA player, you have to be able to knock down. You, you look at the better yeah. point guards in the league. And to me, if he was a consistent shooter, he'd be right there with the, with the Chris Pauls and Derek Roses and guys like that. He, he just really needs to improve his shooting in my eyes. Wait, can you guys keep me uh, on hold so I can listen yep. into the show? You got absolutely, it, Mike. Absolutely. Thanks, absolutely. For, calling, thanks Mike. for calling, Mike. All right, thanks, Mike, from Pittsburgh. Uh, we're going to go uh, right now. Tim from uh, North Jersey right now. Tim, you are uh, hopefully – here it comes. Tim, what's up, yeah. bud? What's up? First time, long time. <laughs> Love so, the show. Uh, thanks, buddy. T- wait, wait, uh, I, I just tuned in. What, have you talked about the game yet, the soccer game? 
Well, I talked about it briefly in the beginning of the uh, show, just kind of going up there, uh, but I didn't. Re- we didn't really get too much too in depth with it. So I'm I'm on board. Let's talk, Timmy. What we got? Well, first, did you mention how amazing the atmosphere was? It, and I'll tell you what it is. It was one of the top, Mike, and I'm telling. And you're just going to sit there and scoff at me with your sick face over there. <laughs> but the uh, the the atmosphere was unbelievable. I mean, you're talking about a team going to a World Cup. It's like right before you're in New York City or the outskirts of, outskirts of New York City. You've got the, a rabid fan base who's there to watch this team who they're going to be watching on TV represent the world in a few weeks. And there was the no atmosphere. one dressed in work attire. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was unbelievable. Everyone was flags everywhere. Everyone had uh, jerseys on. That USA-Turkey game. Uh, I went with Timmy, and it was it was one of the one of the best sporting moments uh, I've been involved in. I mean, I'm putting that obviously behind like the World Series win and stuff like that, but it's up there in probably my be. top five. Kev, I've been to World Series wins. I've been to NFC Championship wins. I've been to a lot of stuff, and that ranks up there with all of it. It's true. And, uh, I was I'd encourage any non soccer fan like mm-hmm. don't go to MLS, but if the USA is ever in town. There's no way you cannot enjoy it. You're, Timmy, you, you hit it on the head. I mean, the, the, even when you pull up, it's like you get that feeling because you have flags raised everywhere. I, I, I want to compare it to, like, NASCAR fans are crazy, but you pulled into the parking lot and there was flags, like, everywhere. Yeah. Like, and, like, big flags on top of cars, like tra- RVs and stuff. And this whole entire atmosphere of you're just out there and it's, it's a beautiful day and everyone's in red, white, and blue. And it was just such a cool cool opportunity. Now, now they play Ghana, right? They play Ghana first, now, yeah. Now they've lost to Ghana last call. Now, the, from what I'm hearing, that they they may not be able to beat Ghana. Ghana it? has knocked them out the past yep. uh, two World, two World Cups. Cups. yeah. And the one they should have won, yeah, so it's it's frustrating. I cried at Ozark's house the last time they, they beat us. It was true. But we we held each other in our arms. If we, if, if we beat Ghana, and then we take a point off Portugal... Playing Germany last is actually an advantage. Yeah, right. They should have the group wrapped up by then. Uh-huh. So they'll be resting, and we get a point off them, and now we're moving on to the semifinals. And, and the the group that's probably the the toughest group in uh, soccer, I mean, it's called the group of death. You have USA, Ghana, who's ranked uh, high in the world. Germany, who is, is Germany number, what, three or two? I think they're number three. two. Bruce. I think they're three. Yeah. Oh, the they, oh, Brazil's three. You're right. Yeah, so... They're, yeah, they're up there. It's Argentina, Brazil, Spain, Spain Germany are like the... What about Italy? They... Uh, Italy might not those get are, it out of their group. Those are the only four teams that can realistically win it, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. And, it's not, and here's the thing with soccer, and it, it's one of those things where we talked about this with, uh, with basketball, too, but I feel like there can be some, uh, some upsets here and there. Soccer is that one sport where it's like really hard to kind of be an, a complete underdog and just go and dominate and win yeah. the World Cup. Yeah. Like you, you, you have to be a good you may team. Be able to win a, a match. You might be able to get into the into the right. into the knockout phase, but you're not winning this whole the whole entire World Cup if you're just like an average uh, run of the mill team. Right. I mean, there's yeah. There's, if, you go, if, you, if you go look at past winners, there's never been a team that really came out of nowhere. Yeah, it's like everyone who's won has has expected to win or uh, a team that was probably in the top, like in contention as one of those. And I know there there are a lot of people, because it's happening in Brazil, are hoping Brazil versus Argentina kind of come and take uh, take fruition. But that USA game was just a lot of fun. Uh, Landon Donovan's admitted, which, which kind of stunk, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, the USA, you have Clint Dempsey, you have Josie Altator. Uh, and Dempsey Tim Howard, was amazing yesterday. Yeah, Dempsey was great, and he was so that much fun to watch. Why? Yeah, they just looked so good. It's like Michael Bradley, like they're, the whole entire team. They they're just they're a good team. They're fun to watch. Their defense is very suspect, as we saw up close yeah. and personal. But they're gonna be they're gonna be good. And uh, the turkey coach today had a nice compliment, saying that uh, it was nice to kind of see. He's like, this team's ready because Turkey was ranked ahead of them. Uh, Turkey's yeah, what? Turkey's a very good side. T- Turkey's what, 28th, and the United States is like 31? And yeah. Turkey came out, and they were like, wow, this team's good. Like, this, they were better than we thought they were going to be, which is a compliment to Klinsman. And, 
you know, it's going to be interesting. If they get out of that group, that's a win right there in itself. I mean, that's what that's yeah. all it is for USA. You just want to get out of group uh, play and play in the knockout phase. And if you do that, that in the knockout stage, they'd have probably the most overhyped team of the tournament in Belgium yeah. or Russia waiting for them, who are or South Korea, who are both very beatable. So yeah. their their group stage is tougher than their potential first round game. You're right. It's 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 it's, it's wide open. Uh, they get past that group stage, and like, listen, I'm not expecting the United States to win the World Cup, but getting knocking over knocking over a few teams like that's the, the it's soccer. It's like that's the whole thing. You kind of get used if you if you get into contention, it's a victory. Like the, in the Premier League and the over in soccer, it's like the top four teams. If you're in that top four, you won because now you're playing the Champions League. So it's like fourth place means something over there, and that's what kind of like soccer soccer has that aspect of it. I feel good. I think I think we can score goals. I really do, even though we haven't been exactly hammering them home. But mm-hmm. everyone sit. I really think we'll score goals. It's just can our can our back four and Jermaine Jones not concede goals? Yeah, that's gonna be the big that's gonna be the big one. Like we're gonna have to win games one nothing. We're not gonna win three two games. No. Yeah, we our defense is gonna is gonna be challenged early. I thought John Brooks. Uh, we we were talking about it at the game. I he thought John great. Brooks did a did a great job coming in. So. That will be a lot of fun to see if he and they're talked about him barely making the team to now he's up for possibly starting against Ghana just but you know based on was, how he's been playing. I was extremely impressed by him and Yedlin on the on the yeah, way. I like both it. young guys. Yeah, I'm, and, see, that, uh, that's, that's the whole thing with Landon Donovan. You people get upset, and I love Landon Donovan. Listen, uh, if I had a boy first, if if my daughter Olivia was a boy, that child's name would be Landon because that name means a lot. I think it pronounced it's like a winner and this and that, but you look at it and I love Landon Donovan, but it's 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 a shame. But at the same time, you know what? You have to look to the youth. You have to make a youth movement and see if you can get these eighteen to twenty year old guys some experience. So next World Cup, you're kind of saying, okay, like now yeah, we might even have a chance. Watching that game, Brooks and Yedlin are defenders, and I'd much rather have Landon Donovan than Brad Davis, who's yeah. also thirty two <laughs> years old. Yeah, so you're right. I get it, but I also I also don't get it. And there was yeah. a definite spot for Landon Donovan in that in that eleven yesterday. Yeah, you're right. I to- I agree. Uh, well, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if Klinsman Klinsman it all works out. Maybe there's a leadership. Maybe I know him and Dempsey weren't like best friends, and it, you know, maybe there's some stuff behind the scenes we don't really know about. So I'll give him the benefit right. of the doubt until it comes and bites him in the ass. All right. Well, listen, old dog. I'll, I'll I'll check in with you as the World Cup is going on. I love that you're talking soccer. I love it. Thanks, Timmy. I'll, I'll talk to you soon, bud. All right, brother. Thanks, Tim. Yep. Keep keep up the good work. Thanks. Great show. Thanks, All bud. right. See ya. Talking a little soccer with uh, my buddy Timmy Warner. Uh, play basketball with Timmy in college, and uh, Timmy's a big soccer fan uh, as well. We we both hugely into it and Mike I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this about soccer and then we can move on to the NBA stuff uh oh we can get back to talking sports I think. <laughs> the I'm I'm putting my excitement level of like sports if here and here's how I'm gonna list it the Phillies in the World Series was like my, I yeah. mean my heart was racing every moment yeah. of every game every pitch. even the playoffs like I was at the stadium when they won it and just like your heart's pounding out of your chest yeah. it was awesome that has that's number one USA soccer is a close second. When they're playing in the World Cup, it's like every single possession I'm like yeah. going nuts. And then I'm putting like the Eagles in the Super Bowl, the Sixers in the NBA Finals, the Flyers, I don't know, in the Stanley Cup. Maybe that would be excited for that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. Like, when it comes to the Olympics and USA stuff, I mean – there's something different when there's the You're USA right. on the chest. It's just different. You're right. It's a little bit different. I mean, it's more than sport. It's it's almost more than sports. It's it's patriot. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's your country against theirs. I mean, it's more, I don't know. There's something about that. U.S. when you see that USA flag being held uh-huh. high, if they're winning, someone scores a goal or they're playing the national anthem. No, you're right. I mean, it. it, it uh, I could see how people would get really the, yeah. And I don't get that in the Olympics, but I, I'm always watching the medal count. Yeah, you know, I obviously, agree. Obviously, you want the U.S. to have the most gold medals or the most medals overall. At Sochi, we were keeping up with it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, 
No, I totally agree. I think the USA, the, that USA aspect of it means a lot. I think kind of going through and having that patriotic atmosphere and patriotic feeling is just so cool. And I, I really did enjoy watching uh, the Olympics. I, I love that because it is. It's like you're playing against another. It's like you're, you're, you're taking on the world. It's more than sports. It is. Yeah. It transcends sports. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, so, you know, getting back now uh, into uh, – in the sports, <laughs> into the sports world. Where, where do you stand on the whole LeBron Jordan comparison? Uh, it's tough. See, see, for me, and before for me, I know you like I asked you a question. I just bought yeah. right in. The hell am I doing? But for me, LeBron has passed Kobe uh-huh. on the all time. Now, my my top three all time guys are Jordan, LeBron, and Kobe. Uh-huh. Now, obviously, I didn't see guys in the seventies yeah. or sixties, and I didn't see Wilt, and I didn't see. But I, I kind of put the centers in a different category because they just simply can't do what the guards do like yeah. the other players, you know, like, so I kind of put them in a separate category, mm-hmm. but for me, Jordan's the best player of all time. Yeah. And, and look, I've seen highlights of, of guys and Kobe was the closest thing to Jordan. Yes. In terms of the hot, the mid range post up game, catching the ball at the, you know, the mid back to the basket, fadeaway jumpers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, squaring up to the basket, 15 feet, taking them off the dribble, dunking on guys. To me, LeBron has passed Kobe though. Yeah, I even think though it's... Kobe has the five rings, let let's be honest, Shaq was the was, was the was the driving force behind. Well, Kobe won a ring without Shaq, but when they were winning in the early part of the decade, Shaq was the main, the driving force. Yeah, I, I, I mean think, that was I, the... think, I think he won MVP three times. Well, Shaq was the MVP. You're right, and you're looking at. I mean, coming from Sixers fans, we sat there and watched in 2001 when. There is no answer for Shaq, and there is Iverson had an answer for Kobe. There is no answer for Shaq. Yeah, Matumbo yeah. was doing his best, and he there was it was a a, a human being just yep. pummeling another human being. It was like like yep. watching Rocky Ford when he was just beating <laughs> right. the hell out of Drago or no when Drago Apollo beat, yeah Apollo yeah when when I, when I watched Jordan, I felt like I was watching an artist. Mm-hmm. Now again, I grew up with him. I was younger, and everything when you're younger is better. Yeah. But I felt like I was watching just the way he walked, the way he floated through the air. Um, he became a global icon. Mm-hmm. You know, he was really the first guy to really, you know, he he had to be one of the first guys with a with a clothing line, right? Oh, absolutely. There's. I mean, you know, just the clothing line. The uh, when I watched LeBron, now LeBron's great. The commercials, right? the, the Gatorade, commercials, the, the, the McDonald's. Yeah. Not that you know. Obviously, I think LeBron's great. I'm on my second. All time list. Uh huh. But he's six eight, two sixty. I mm-hmm. mean, he's a monster. He gets to the basket whenever he wants, and that and that's fine. I'm not taking. I'm not discrediting discrediting him because of his size. But to me, Jordan doing it six six two twenty, you need a little more skill, a little uh-huh. more. I don't want to say athletic ability, but let's face it, it's a little bit easier getting to the basket at six eight two sixty than well, it is it. We and you're absolutely right. And then you look at the and. You know, people. I've had I've heard this argument because people say, well, if Jordan played in this era, uh, he'd be a lot stronger. He'd be able to do what he wants. Agreed, but the defenders would be a lot stronger. But at the same time, the problem with comparing LeBron and Jordan, like we talked about before, like it's tough to compare those eras because a foul, a Jordan Jordan going to the lane and and going up, he's getting thrown in his ass. If and he'd get right back up and make his free throws. LeBron going, he's getting thrown in his ass once ever in a blue moon, and when he does, he gets up crying. The referees make a big deal. There's flagrant fouls. There's fines assessed, and it's this whole entire thing where like players are a lot more safe. Jordan didn't have that safety. He was going in against Bill Lambeer and, uh-huh. and you know James Rick Mahorn and, and Rick Mahorn, yeah, John like, Sally and Rodman. Those guys were killing him. They, I mean, they're 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 cheap. They're banging him, and he still scored. But that's yeah. the thing with LeBron. He doesn't. It's not the same game. See. see when you look at a guy's whole career, you have to take everything into uh-huh. account. When you look at the when you look at the whole spectrum of what what, what happened, yeah. LeBron back in you know the early you know 2010 2011, the the whole knock on him was, you know, you heard the he wasn't clutch. You heard the he's afraid of the big moment. He's afraid to shoot the ball in the fourth quarter. The whole joke was uh, if you ask LeBron for a change for a dollar, he gives you three. He only gives you three quarters back because that's all he has. You know that kind of stuff. That that's never going to go away. You now, Jordan was never labeled as not clutch. Yeah, he was never afraid of the moment. He was never not going to take a big shot in a big game. 
Um, now, look, everyone's going to say, well, he passed the ball to Kerr and Paxton. Those guys hit big shots. Well, when you're getting double teamed, he passed the ball to the guys wide open. Yeah. But Jordan was never labeled not clutch. No. But Brown was. So at the end of the day, when you're looking at their overall careers, well, early on LeBron was labeled not clutch. Mm-hmm. Jordan was always clutch. Yeah. Well, now, does that mean Jordan made every game-winning shot? Of course not. No. Of course not. But right now, game on the line, 10 seconds left, who do you want with the ball Jordan. in Jordan. Well, Jordan, with the ball yeah. in Jordan's hand. It's not, Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. And I think that's, that's a huge – and I think when – and here's here's you know it's a lot of old school versus new school, but people never who never really saw Jordan and, and realized they, or they saw the or the kids that saw the Wizard Jordan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not the movie, the play. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, the uh, it was it was tough for them to kind of see and and you can't go back to that era. And you're right, it's a we're a product of our era. We're when everything's the best when you're growing up. Yep. Shit, I love honeycomb because it's like I'll still eat it now because it's my favorite. Fruit, I love fruity pebbles. Yeah, like I'm not going to stop eating honeycomb and fruity pebbles just because I'm older. Like I don't care. I don't care if I look ridiculous. I'm going to and getting well, honeycomb, and I'll get. Need, I'll just tell it for my first daughter. I'll be tell you don't need to eat honeycomb to look ridiculous. Just look at your hat. <laughs> but when you you when you look at Jordan and LeBron, um, and now Kevin's putting the Terrell Davis head, uh, helmet on. Better now, hat. now, now, now! If LeBron wins, say four in a row, like Mike said, uh-huh. then you really have to start considering. Okay, you're right. This guy. Um, now, everyone says, "Well, LeBron's a better passer." Well, LeBron's also more of a point guard. You know, LeBron has the ball. I mean, what is Mario Chalmers hand on the ball when in clutch time? No, LeBron has the ball in his hands all the time. But you say he's a better passer. What does that mean? Um, he's only averaging like one and a half more assists a game than Jordan. All right, now let's let's look at this because this is a pretty interesting comparison. Because I, I totally agree. I think you can put them on the same level. Uh, Mike Mike definitely the same, made the same lineage. The same lineage. However, when you kind of, you, it's never going to be surpassed. And here's why. You're let's look at that those Bulls teams. Now, wait, how many wait. how many Hall of Famers did those Bulls teams have? Um, well, the first the first the, first, the first run the first set of three they had two. Yeah, Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. Yep. Third set they the had, or the set. second set they, they had, had Rodman, Rodman, Pippen, Pippen and Jordan. Jordan. And a lot of people forget Robert Parrish was on that team. Ew. Now he didn't play, barely played at all. Obviously a Hall of Famer, but I can't count him because he barely. Played. No, you can't count him. When you now, okay, here's the next. Well, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. No, no, no. And so Rodman, you know, Rodman definitely was a big was a big factor. So he played with three Hall of Famers, but you look at it comparatively. The you have LeBron playing with Dwayne Wade, who's a you know at his, the end of his career, absolutely Hall of Famer, First, absolutely Ray Allen, who's a Hall, Hall of Famer, and, and Ray Allen's still playing. Yes, giving and, and I have news for you, Bosh, he's got a good shot again. And when you look at his numbers, he's averaged almost twenty points a game for his career, nine rebounds. He's a nine-time All Star. If he if they win another title, he's a three-time champion. I got news for you, Rich Mitch, if Mitch Richmond got in, he's getting in. Yeah, that's gonna be four Hall of Famers, and then Spolster's getting in. If they went three, Spolster's a Hall of Fame coach. So you, name, name me one other Hall of Fame coach that has two rings that isn't it. You're right. You can't. So you have to think about that. I mean, Jordan played with uh, pretty much Scott Pippen and, and him. You know, Rodman is a Hall of Famer, but he's not a Hall of Famer. For, yeah. He's a Hall of Famer. Like, yeah. he's, he's, a, he's a rich man's Serge Ibaka. Yeah. Like, he just did the, yeah. the dirty work. And. You know, he had great success with the Bulls, but he wasn't the, but, an offensive juggernaut. He, he wasn't, but here's the thing you have to look at, too. You know, I, I'm, I'm discrediting LeBron a lot, but on the flip side, you know, everyone said, well, Jordan couldn't win until he got Pippen. Okay, well, LeBron couldn't win until he teamed up with until he teamed up with Bosch and Wade. Yeah. Now, when Jordan was playing, Kev, in the second, in the second stint, uh-huh. or the second run of championships, he had the best defender. Yeah. In probably Pippen, you know, if you remember in '91, the only reason they won that finals was in Game Two. Phil Jackson put Pippen on Magic, and that turned the whole series around. Both won the next four games. He had the best rebounder, Rodman, the best defender, the best one of the best shooters in Steve Kerr, the best six man, um, the best European, Tony the, Kukos, the best coach, the so, best, the strongest forearms in Harper, who right, just right. I mean, held so, people wherever he, and pushed right. them wherever he wanted to go. So he, that was like a team of specialists. They, yeah. had, they had a lot of great players. Um, 
And, you know, everyone says, well, look what, look what, look what uh, LeBron took to the finals with Cleveland. I know, Booby Williams. I mean, first of all, if a man's name is Booby Williams, like, yeah, you get some credit for taking him to the finals. But yeah. Yeah, that team stunk. But so did the Eastern Conference. The Eastern yeah, Conference it wasn't, stunk. And you're right, because back then you had the Blazers, you had the Lakers from the Western Conference. Like, they were the powerhouses. They had good teams right. year after year. Look who Jordan was beating. Look who Jordan was beating in the finals. Barkley. Yeah. Drexler. Um, Olajuwon. A lot. No, well, no, they ever played in the finals because Jordan wouldn't play baseball. But um, you know, Gary Payton, uh, Drexler, Barkley. He beat Ewing in the playoffs. Uh, I know there was who else? Who else? I Gary Payton. No, Gary Payton against Sean Kemp. Uh, you know, Terry Porter, Drexler. great player. Drexler. No, who else was this? Who they beat? Who else they beat? Uh, in the they had the, the Blazers. Oh, oh, Malone and Stockton. Malone, yeah, Stockton. You know, I mean, so. You know, there's a lot of Hall of Famers that he stopped from, you know, that didn't win titles. And Elijah wanted should send him thank you cards for retiring, for yeah. going to play baseball for a year and a half, so he can go again, so he can, so get, he can abuse Patrick Ewing and right. win the title. Then who they win? They, they beat the Orlando. The they beat uh, not. They beat the next year. They beat the next. The and then one who year. they win? Yeah, I think they might have beat Orlando too. Yeah, they might have beat Orlando. Yeah, they beat the next. Yeah, but they. I mean, you can't tell me if Jordan didn't go play baseball, he would They would have won. Most likely, they won eight straight titles. Which yeah. is unheard of, and that's you know that's kind of going off. For a guy to stop playing for what a year and a half, yeah, two years. When he came back, they, in that second se- second season after he, he, you know, they lost Orlando in the finals. He got stripped by Nick Anderson. Yeah, um, but you know, look, eight straight fi- eight finals. Now the Celtics, back in with Russell, those guys, well, yeah, now, they won yeah. ten in a row. But let's let's be honest, there was only eight. There was only eight teams in the league. They had all the best players in the world yeah. on their team. It's tough. And, you know, uh, could, kind of talking about the future, in uh, a few weeks we're going to actually have uh, – we talked about this and teased it before. Now it's actually coming to fruition. We have his autograph behind us. Uh, he had signed something for us. We had Sam Jones on at one point. We're going to uh, have Mike, – Mike, Mike, Mike from Pittsburgh might be happy. We're going to be meeting Tiny Nate Archibald, Sam Jones, and Bill Russell this weekend. Yep, Bill Russell uh, will be there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to meet them. We're going to do some interviews with them. And hopefully actually have him on the show at one point. Uh, Bobby Hall, too. Yeah, Bobby Hall, Joe Montana. So we're going to be able to get a lot of these guys and bring them onto the show. I think Brian, uh, Bill Russell will be awesome. And here's, and Mike, I've been thinking about this ever since we talked about uh, him coming on the show and you know, interviewing him. Is this uh, a question that I should ask? No. Okay. If you have to ask me, no. All right. What is it? I don't know. It's like it's not a disrespectful question, but it's like a question that I actually think about. Now, Everyone, and I was talking to my brother about this. Everyone always tells me I'm going to die young, or like early, not young, but like I'm already old. Well, well, I'm thirty. Is, I'm going to be thirty-four how, on Monday. How old is Bill Russell? He's got to be close to eighty, right? Yeah, he's closing on eighty. I mean, he played. Sam Jones is eighty. He played with Sam Jones, right? He's got. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's older than eighty. Let me take a look. No, he, if he is, he looks great. He's like a like he a million can't bucks. Be eighty yet. He's eighty right he's now. He's eighty. He just turned eighty this year. Right, and how tall is Bill Russell? He's my size, six ten. Six ten. He's two fifteen. I need to drop some lbs right now. <laughs> I don't need to drop down to Bill Russell. But I, here's my thing: like people always ask, and they're like, "Like wow, you never see too many old people walking around." I'm like, Shit, "You're right." Like old seven footers. Yeah, like there's not that many old seven foot guys. And I'm like, yeah, "Let's be honest, dude. Do you really want to live past seven? I mean, you really want the adult diaper years?" No, I feel like I, listen. But, but I want to ask, like, Bill, what's the what's the secret to longevity? Like, you're a tall person, and everyone always tells me I'm dying early. But is that like for Bill Russell to be like, hey, well, how are you still how are you still alive? Let me know your secret. Is that like something I sh- I should probably stay off? Yeah, that I mean, I wouldn't touch that. Yeah. I mean, um, but maybe off the air, I'll ask him. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't ask that on the air, but I don't know. I'm sure. There's a, I mean, well, you look at there's probably a lot of older NBA guys still alive. I mean, okay. Now, show me them. Walk down the street and see how many seven foot tall. Well, okay. Well, I'll walk down the street and tell you how many how many tall seven foot twenty eight year olds do I see? Yeah, me Zubek. You Zubek and your brother. <laughs> right. I mean, other than that, I don't see. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I walked. Oh, you know, I saw in the mall a couple of weeks ago. Purvis Ellison. Oh yeah, he's, Kev, he looked like the biggest man in the world. Yeah, he's he huge. was so tall, skinny. His shoulders are huge. He looked like he was eight foot tall. Yeah, he's a big dude. But well, I don't see too many guys like who are your size just walking anyway. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll make our our. Well, how old how old's Kareem? 
I don't know. Kareem's got to be, gotta be 50. Yeah, he's he's got to be older, 50. I feel like all I'm doing right now is just Googling. Oh, tall, <laughs> tall. I'm going to say Kareem's 56. Kareem, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Kareem Kapoor. I'm going to say he's 56. He was born in 47, so he's 60, what, 7. Wow, he's 67 already? He looks great for... Well, he's 7 foot 2. Yeah, is, Bill, is Bill Walton still alive? Yeah, he is still alive. He's my size, and I'm not getting. I'm not googling his freaking age right now. I'm, I'm done. I'm well, done. He's, well, he's a little bit older than. But did he play before or after? He Kareem? played after, after Kareem. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's, he's a little younger. He's younger. Yeah. And then hopefully he doesn't. He doesn't kick it. Just <laughs> picture of his. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. So that it's something I worry about. I don't know if I. I don't think I have the guts to ask him because I have so much respect for Bill for Bill Russell. But at the same time, I'm like God. Like. Why do you worry about that? Why, why, how do you not worry about that? Because you're yeah, – listen, you almost dropped dead on the air right now. How are you not more worried about your mortality? You remember Jim Fix? You remember no. Jim Fix? Uh-uh. He was this, like – he was a super fit guy. He ran eight miles a day, wrote books on jogging, died when? When he was jogging. What, did he get hit by a car? He, just got, he got a heart attack. Uh-huh. What do you want to bet it was two guys who, who were smoking two packs of cigarettes a day that found him? Hey, look, yeah. it's Jim Fix. You know, like, you just never know. I mean, uh, I don't know. You, it's just I guess it's all genetic but like that's what scares me it's everyone I mean I've heard this joke over and over in my life like oh your heart has to be really big which obviously can't handle it like your blood's pumping it just can't so I get real nervous about it especially now that I have a daughter you've given me Christmas gifts I can attest your heart is not very big uh, I wish I was good with the like (laughs) the board where I can pull up like a Grinch who stole Christmas like heart grew uh, I'm done with Googling now. <laughs> Let me look up Bill Walton's birthday. Um, no, that, no, I don't. Yeah, one, you can't ask him that. Maybe I can ask Tony Nader. <laughs> Maybe I can <laughs> ask Tony Nader. Why are you still alive? What's the secret of being 5'10 and still alive? What is your secret, sir? Are you on some kind of special uh, special medicine? Because I am 5'10 and, <laughs> and I'm still alive. I'm still alive. Yeah, I don't know. There's no, it'll, be ex- it'll be exciting to see the meet those guys out. Yeah, it will be. Now, from what I heard, like obviously we had Sam Jones on the air. He uh-huh. was, you know, terrific. Um, Bill Russell's a little more introverted. Um, uh huh. You know that that that's fine. Yeah, but uh, Sam Jones called us on his. What was it? It was his birthday. What what birthday was it? His eightieth. Was it his eightieth birthday? 80th, yeah, yeah. That's. I feel like that has to be. That has to show some kind of credibility to who. Uh, at least, maybe at least at the blog talk rate. I don't know. For him to call in on his 80th birthday, if I turn 80, you'll be goddamned if, I, if I'm calling in like a radio show. If you turn show. 80, I'm going to be surprised. <laughs> See? Tell you that much. I've never seen a guy your size walking around at 80. That's for damn sure. I gave like the, that generic like laugh, and I turned away, and actually a tear dripped down my face. <laughs> nah, I, I don't you'll know. Be, you'll be fine at 50. Do you have to get like an extra long coffin? Really? There, I there has to be. I, I you should look into that. Why don't you talk? Maybe you should talk to my wife about that because I'm not going to be worried about that. <laughs> stuff me in a stuff me in a suitcase for all I care. Just really though, like most coffins aren't. Make sure I'm dead. Make sure you're dead for you to be yeah. buried alive. Seriously, I don't want. I, oh, great! I'm buried alive. At least my, my I'm not cramped. <laughs> at my at least I'm, my knees are my knees are straight. What a what a life. Jesus. Uh... Yeah, I'll look it up. Hello, mortician. <laughs> what do you got in a uh, six ten slim? <laughs> Call Paul Bear. <laughs> Wait, he's dead, isn't he? He's dead. Paul Bear just died. Find right? out what kind of coffin they buried him in. Uh, Whatever, a, a wide one. <laughs> See what the under when the Undertaker goes. I'll find out what kind of coffin he has. He's we're the same size. Oh God, I'm gonna die young. Hopefully not on the air, or maybe I don't know. Like I said, if someone if one of us dies on the air, the ladies go right through. The yeah, room. I'm really, right. oh yeah. Let's talk what, about what, sports. What's your prediction for the series? How about we figure? How about we have a bet who dies first? <laughs> I hope you win that one. Chinese Taipei versus Tiger. What's going to pay out first? All right, what'd you say? Who who do you, what, what do you who do you like in the series? I think uh, you're right. Um, my heart's saying San Antonio. My head is is conflicted uh, with both of them. I think, see, I think San Antonio is a tough team to stop. My problem with them is they weren't really able to stop 
uh, Westbrook and Durant from just doing whatever they want. And Miami plays more team ball than they do. Yeah. And you're talking about the, you know you're talking about Wade and LeBron. Uh, you have one of the best shooters yeah. of all time yeah, there too. You have Bosh, who's going to be able to yeah, yeah. score inside. All Shane Batty does is knock down threes in a quarter. Yeah. Um, the kid Norris Cole's been playing pretty well. Birdman, but I look at San Antonio's bench is really good. Yeah, the, I mean, you looked at it yesterday. It was like uh, in the first half, it was like twenty-eight to nothing. Yeah, they were I mean, outscoring. I mean, well, Ginobili comes off the bench. Yeah, Ginobili comes off, you know, Dial. Um, Patty Mills. Patty I mean, Mills. I mean, Bonner. I mean, they 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 have a nice solid bench. Uh, yeah. Miami's a little bit thin, I feel like, mm-hmm. when it comes to. Uh, well, that, that I mean, it's gonna it's gonna eventually. And you look at that Spurs series when you play a few overtime games like that, and it kind of gets gets there. It's like the team, the freshest legs are, and they looked at it. What uh, Durant played like forty nine yeah. minutes at one point, and uh, Duncan played like thirty three. Yeah, I have news for you. Everybody's talking about Paul George becoming a superstar. Give me Kawhi Leonard right now. Yeah, he's I mean, he's really good. Um. He he's just he kind of flies under the radar. He doesn't do anything spectacular. He may he, you know he's a, a very good defender. Takes the ball to the basket. I, I'm impressed with his little mid range game. Uh, you have that little grin on your face now. What are you? No, I'm just thinking about my wife's reaction to like when I walk in, she'll be like, "Why were you talking about you dying? Like you always talk about that." Well, you're gonna be really upset when you walk in. She has a big smile on her face. <laughs> I call. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> Not as expensive as I thought. <laughs> Oh, uh, frick. Now how is it for you, like, going to a movie? Like, is that comfortable? I don't know. I haven't been to a movie. I have no idea, because they, they talk about that AMC, the uh, one close with, the, like, the plush. Uh, and I think this is all across the country, that they have uh, the AMC movie theaters, like, put out those, the, the like, actually but, plush, where it's, no, like, the, the leather, reclining. Yeah, recline, there's so much room. Well, I haven't been there, because I haven't been to the movies in what, what about, six years. What about a, on a plane? How does that feel for you? Horrible. I, that's why I try to get emergency exit row or fly first class. Yeah. But that seems to funds funds are low. Yeah, that's that's a really uh, you can't really do that anymore when you're not playing professional basketball. But like, oh, what are you a teacher? Uh, yeah, can I get a first class upgrade? It'll be two thousand dollars. I'll be like, uh, is it really worth it to fly to Tampa, Florida? <laughs> Probably not. Should we uh, should we should we tweet out a picture of uh, our good buddy Tom from Palmyra? He had a My little pacemaker. He had a little Tom from Palmyra had a little accident the other night. <laughs> what in the world? He uh, he had a cup, one too many cocktails, and uh, took a little spill. Really? Yeah. What do you smile and the light reflected off a mirror? I mean, he looks like he went twelve rounds with like Roy Jones Jr. What did what what he fell? That's he it. Fell, and he has eight stitches in his head. His eyes swollen up. It's uh, not good times for Tom from Palmyra right now. No. So we'll, we'll listen. Tom from Palmyra, we wish you all this, a speedy recovery from the uh, the fall down. <laughs> we hope you're feeling better, bud. Uh, again, we're we're kind of getting towards the end tonight. Uh, about two minutes left in the show. Uh, let's get to our sponsors real quick. Again, show brought to you tonight by wait, Foam. Wait, wait, real oh, quick. You never said who, you, did you ever say who you think is going to win? Is it serious? No. Oh, well. Here, let me. All right. Uh it's tough. I see. I bet with my heart a lot, and that's so why I, I always so freaking I, lose I in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Creighton's going to the yeah, Final Four. Dermot's going to be the number one pick overall. Son of a... Oh, this is what I wanted. Son of... We're and I'm going to uh, uh, hold on. What? Let me let me. I'm going to say Spurs. Let me get through this, and okay. I'm going to tease tease for next week because I got something good we can talk okay. about. Uh, again, show brought to you tonight by Foam Pack, supplier of all Graco products. We are just a phone call away. Eight 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 four five eight two nine two eight. Integrated Play and Renee Shaw. If you're an athlete looking to transition into a career outside the athletic field, contact Renee, 269-760-3857. And Cross River Realty, specializing in off-campus housing at Temple University. They are also a full-service real estate company located in Philadelphia. Check them out at CrossRiverRealty.com, 267-460-5737. So, you know, you, you talk about talk about Doug McDermott and you kind of talk about, you know, product of his era. Uh, where would he be? Now let's just tease this. Cause we have a, like a, a few seconds left of the show. Let's just tease this, tease this and leave it, leave it for next, next uh, week. Where would Doug McDermott be if he played in a different era? Would Doug McDermott be a high draft pick or would he be just a 
would he be like he is now, or would he be such a bigger commodity? Absolutely bigger commodity if it was if he was if he was around in the seventies or eighties. Absolutely bigger commodity. So that's an interesting thing I would like to talk about uh, a little more. I, I definitely want to talk to Bill Russell about that too. You know, some of these guys and how they would play. The, the game's fast now. I just don't know if Doug McDermott. I mean, the game is the game is fast. Yeah, you're right. And he's not. That's true. You know, you just watch that heat. Just watch the heat and the thunder play. Can he be effective in those games? No. I don't know. I mean, yeah. you know, might be able to hit a three here or there, but, I mean, you know, the Thunder, they get on a fast break. I mean, McDermott's going to be trailing at the foul line. Yeah. yeah we'll see. So, uh, Mike and Kevin again every uh, Sunday night, but it's now a uh, Monday night. But thanks a lot for joining us. If you're joining us live, if you're listening to the podcast, enjoy. We'll see you again next week, guys. And uh, until then. <laughs>